0: Hello and welcome back to Tiempo Talks. I'm your host, Perla Gómez. We're still working from home, so I'm recording in my house again, but we do have a great show for you today with our guest, Paul Estrada. We're going to be talking about mobile app building and strategies for keeping development fast and steady as your team grows and ships new features. Hi, Paul. Welcome to the show.
1: Hi, Perla. I'm glad we are talking today and I'm really excited.
0: First of all, do you mind introducing yourself to our audience, please?
1: Uh sure. Uh well, uh as you know, I am Paul and uh I'm a software engineering lead here at Tempo Development. Uh I've been working here for a little bit more than 3 years now in different mobile development projects and before that, I have for over uh 13 years of experience in many software development uh, companies and different projects, and
0: yeah. Thank you, Paul. I'm really glad to have an expert like you on for today's episode to talk about mobile applications. We wanted to talk about this topic because we all interact with different apps every day, and there are so many that I'm sure most people must think they're just super easy to create, and that's not really the case. So, what would you say makes developing mobile applications so difficult?
1: Yeah. Uh, the- you know, that's a really tough question. And uh, I would say uh, from my experience, I think that um, that is a direct consequence of having two competing mobile platforms. And well, that that will be Android and iOS mm-hmm. in today's technology uh, environment. And um, well, to understand why, uh, I think we can compare it to frontend web development for example if when, when you're building a website or a web application um you're what what you're doing is you're building for a single platform and that is the web platform and uh like it or not you will end up using uh technologies like html css and javascript um because i mean those are the standard uh, core programming tools uh, for for doing that kind of of software development. Now, to be fair, uh, the web is a bit tricky because um, you need to support different web browsers, and you know like Google Chrome or Safari and Firefox and a lot of other uh, browsers. But ultimately, what you what what you do is that you can do everything uh, develop everything using the same tools for any compliant browser. And, um, things are a bit different for mobile because we have for, on, on one side, we have Android and then we have iOS as both mainstream, um, mobile platforms. And the problem is that each one, each platform has their own set of tools. Uh, for example, for Android, you you would use Java or Kotlin uh, as a programming language. And for iOS, you will use uh, either Swift or Objective-C. And, and things doesn't stop there because you need to learn the Android SDK and uh, you need to learn the iOS SDK, and each of them have their own set of APIs, different patterns to use, guidelines for um, implementing user interface, interfaces and so on and so on. And uh, well, these are just technical aspects, but they directly affect, um, they they affect how you assemble a development team. And who will you hire based on the required skills? And also how your team will organize and collaborate uh, to keep building that, that that same application for for the two different platforms. So in the end, building a mobile a mobile application, I think is challenging not because of the technical landscape alone, but uh, but because you need a team work a team working in harmony um, to produce the same uh, the same output and the same set of features in both platforms at the same time and and I think at least on the web that that is a bit easier than in mobile
0: right of course because having to work with multiple platforms in turn multiplies the difficulty and you also mentioned having to work with different sets of tools what considerations should organizations planning to develop a mobile application make when deciding on a technology stack? Um how should they select which one is the right one for their application?
1: Okay, okay. Yeah, uh yeah, that's um that's a complicated question because uh there there's no I I believe there's no single bulletproof answer for it. Mm-hmm. Um sometimes what works best for someone might not work for you um if you don't have the same circumstances or Or resources, so I think I will answer the question based on that. So, when planning to develop a mobile application, I think I will ask what technology stack would give would give you an advantage or a better use of of the resources that you have. uh, and starting from that we can make some considerations for example uh you should define your target users in, in demographics uh, wisely um, because that will help you identify which platform you need to target um uh, let's take a, let's take an example um, if you want if you want to launch an app in a heavy In a heavy android user base or market you will want to allocate more resources on native android development and probably leave ios development for for later or you can decide that you need ios first or maybe both maybe you you do want to develop at the same time your android application and your ios application but uh, that that shouldn't be a decision that you just take for granted that should be based on what your respected user base is. Uh, so you should know first who you are targeting before you start developing your project. Um, so once, once you know your target audience is, um, I think you should consider the, also the availability of your engineering resources. And uh, decide whether or not you need to hire um, more specialized mobile engineers, or if you can train them, or if you want to get help from from a software consulting company. Depending, of course, depending on, on you on the budget that you have for the project. And and just a, a brief note about this. Um, I, th- I think it is no secret for anyone that in today's in today's technology environment there, there's a a big shortage of uh, of experienced engineers in the world so hiring can become difficult especially if especially if your company is outside of the tech market you, you know i i mean if your comp- if, if your company's first line of business is not um technology related or software development related that uh, things can become difficult when hiring. Um, so at least on, on, on this part, uh, here in Temple Development, we can uh, help with this problem and uh, by providing high-performing teams uh, for your mobile uh, app needs, e- either by building applications from scratch or, or augmenting your current staff. But, but as I said, bef- even before you start developing a mobile project, one of the things that it is important to consider is that availability of engineering resources Mm -hmm. and how you are going to fulfill that part of your team and uh, yeah i think uh, there's a last thing that uh, i think it's important Uh, and that last thing should be the technology stack and uh, so currently, there are many ways to develop a mobile application. Um, you can go uh, fully in, with fully native development with Android and iOS and their own set of tools. Or you can, have, um, you can build a, a mobile web or a progressive web application. You could do hybrid uh, development with, um, with some frameworks like Cordova or Ionic. Or, or, or even um, more newer approach, approaches like React, using React Native or Flutter and that, that kind of um, cross-platform development. So each approach, each approach has, of course, um, benefits and drawbacks. But the most important thing is to analyze which of those benefits will give you a better use of your resources. Um, without letting those drawbacks become a problem for your project, and, uh, and there there, I, there are there case uh, case studies already on the web by some companies that are using React Native, Flutter, Flutter, and other cross-platform um, tools, and but then then they also have been going back and forth to standard android and ios development and th- that that is not necessarily a bad thing because it it, it all depends on the project that, uh, on your project needs some some teams are successful by committing to um native development and other projects can be just as successful embracing web technologies or or those kind of cross-platform frameworks. So there's no single-proof um, technology stack. It all depends on what you are trying to achieve. And uh, yeah, in summary, I think those are some of the considerations that we need to consider.
0: Do you think that some of that back and forth and sometimes even failing comes from following trends instead of a more thorough decision-making process?
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, I will. I, I will say so because. It, it 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 is uh somewhat common that once some new technology starts getting some popularity, everyone um tries to at least uh test how that works and then they try to incorporate into their existing projects without uh, stopping and analyzing first if if it really makes sense to start using that. And that comes back to what I just said a bit earlier about um, analyzing the benefits and the drawbacks that that new technology could be introducing to your project. So I would say, yeah, you, um, you should try to ignore technology trends to some degree, of course, and choose your mobile approach based on your project needs and um, at a times that could be relying on standard tools for android and ios or using react native or any other um, technology and now i think there are there are some aspects to consider um, to decide when to follow or not those kind of trends um, for example what some some of the things that you can um, think about when developing your project is uh, how much hardware support does your app need and uh, and i mean things like uh, gps uh, or location ability location sensing sensing ability uh, using the camera or 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 any other sensors that uh, modern Um, mobile phones can use or Mm -hmm. for example you you can ask you yourself is if your application is going to be uh, graphic intensive like a video game Uh, is it a video game or not Uh, there, there are certain tools that are best suited for some kind of development and others that are preferred to do like more generic um Applications in that that are that do not need that many graphic uh, intensive code. Um, so other things to consider are, for example, if you are expecting for your application to work offline. So uh, I mean, what what happens if you if if your users suddenly lose the internet connection, or if they are in some market where there's a low quality. Connect uh, wireless connection. So all all those uh, kind of details can help you to analyze and decide if some kind uh, if some specific uh, technology or framework uh, is is useful or not for your the project. Um, these details uh, are you should be used for to inform that decision. And and um, here in in tiempo development we have. Uh, experience uh, precisely doing that we, we've we been building different uh, mobile projects and uh, we can definitely help to figure this out together on future projects
0: yeah it makes total sense to gather all the information you can about the product you want to create before jumping on a trend because if it turns out it wasn't right for you you might you might end up doubling your workload to fix any mistakes that could have happened And talking about mistakes, from your experience, what are some of the most common ones you see organizations make when designing, developing, and deploying mobile applications?
1: Um, Okay, so uh, talking about mistakes, um, I I think recalling a little bit on on all the projects that I've been involved in the past, I I think I, I can classify some of those some of those mistakes um i will start for with some of the design design related mistakes so for design um i think the most important thing is uh the user experience and uh, i think this is something that is often overlooked by organizations that are developing their first mobile Applications, um, and uh, I will say you you can have um, you can have fancy designs and beautiful animations in your application, but in, but in the end, if your users are getting confused by by so much stuff going on in the screen um, when you switch between some parts of your application. Um, that is making your users um don't, don't uh, confused about what's happening any given time uh your uh, some of the app screens are freezing because the app is too slow uh, taking more than a few seconds to like waiting for something to complete processing that that could be very annoying from a user uh, point of view. And sometimes they you they said, you know what? I, I'm just tired of waiting for this. I, I will just quit using this application. And, and that is a problem that you don't want to know, don't want to have. Uh, if users don't want to use your application, well, you have a very big problem. So design should not deal just with, um, shouldn't be just about UI design and things become being pretty on the screen, um, but it should deal with how the app the application works in general, um, like how the app uh, helps or empowers your users and facilitates to perform some tasks, and uh, on their phones. Um, also um, another common another common trend in design mistakes is um, making your making your iOS and Android application look uh, exactly the same like uh, and, and I mean like an exact copy of each other and so that it, it, it is not it, it is indistinguishable if you see bo- both. Applications in the, in in the both in the two different um, mobile phones, and you can see that they are exactly the same design-wise. And uh, the problem with that is that the the reality is that each mobile platform has their own set of guidelines for user interfaces. And uh, and, and if you if if you have seen. Um, if you have if you use different mobile applications or your phone, uh, you you start to notice some so how the how that particular mobile phone system works, and you start to see that there are some common navigation and interface uh, patterns that are dictated by by the platform. There are things that work that just works the way they do because. Uh, the platform vendors have those incorporated into the operative system, and uh, if you start to implement your application by not following those patterns already provided, you you run the risk of comp- of confusing your users because they are fa- already familiar with how uh, a phone works, so they. Exp- they expect that some things work the same way, either, even if it's a completely different application. And um, Of course of course, it is always a good idea to have um, the same look and feel on your application on in all the platforms, including Android and iOS, because that can help in boosting your app identity and branding but the user experience should be consistent with already defined patterns. Now, um, talking about software development specifically, um, there's a common mistake too. Um, And that's, uh, I would say that's not taking automated testing very seriously. And then uh, and I will tell you, I've been a I've been a consultant for many mobile application projects. And the most common question I always get uh from stakeholders in all the projects it, it's it's uh, is um that why 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 the developers need to do automatic testing at all? Because in their eyes, uh, Doing this work, like creating uh, creating tests, automatic tests is just like additional work that, that is making de- the, the development slower. I mean, for, for the developers. And so, so sometimes they prefer to have uh, dedicated resources like QA engineers or manual testing engineers uh, to do that work. And, um, and my answer to that question is always that, yes, I mean, developers could be slower because they they, they now need to test all the things too. I mean, they, they are no longer just implementing features and uh, programming code, but now they need to write some tests and make sure that everything works before they... Um, push the new code to our repository or or to a new release. And um, how, however, there's something that is often overlooked is that we are not focusing on the individual per- performance. And, and and I mean, when you're working in a project, you shouldn't focus on your individual performance, but the team performance because that's what what's the most important thing is for to continue delivering um, features more quickly and um, if devel- if developers are adding are are adding tests for all the new code, that is making your project more uh, robust over time and that can help in mitigating the chance of bugs. And well, developers will be more confident that, that if they start changing something that can break some, some already implemented functionality. And, and we can be very sure that the test will be failing because you are changing something that wasn't supposed to work that way. So this is that that is I think that is a very important aspect of delivering software, and that can help too for if you are planning to integrate a continuous integration process in your project. Um, there, there, there's also a, a, um, another kind of mistake that I want to talk I want to mention, and that is related to. To software deployment, and um, I think this is closely related to to, to what we just talked. And so, for example, in, in mobile applications, we um, we typically don't have a centralized uh, place to publish uh, to publish the app. Instead, we, we rely on the platform publishing channels like the, like the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store. And uh, how it works is that once you have some part of your project, you can upload your application to, to one of those stores, but you need to wait for a revision phase. And uh this can this can take from just a couple of minutes to over a week in the worst case scenario. And uh, well, essentially the platform publishers they are the ones that decide if your application um can be made public or not. And this happens anytime you want to publish something new. And and uh I have witnessed organizations that didn't consider this or didn't know about this. And and this can be a real bottleneck because they didn't have a a proper testing process. So sometimes the application is rejected because there is a problem or or some bugs arise. Uh, Then you will need to fix the bugs. And now you need to upload your application again. And now you need to wait for a second revision. So that's some time that you should be considering because that can take a lot of time between, dif- between different uh, feature release. Uh, so because of that, I think having automated testing for mobile applications is is very important because... That will help you in streamlining your development process and to catch bugs um, earlier, um, mitigating the chance for your users to get a broken experience once the app is published. And yeah, I think that's that's the main key to to mistakes to avoid.
0: Now let's go back to user experience for a second. So I'm curious, how can business leaders ensure that they're delivering a mobile experience that their users actually want, instead of going through the whole process and realize after deployment that their users have no need for the product they've created?
1: Yeah, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. So um, remembering a little bit uh, what I just explained about the user experience, uh, remember that user experience it's very important, if not critical, for your whole project. That can be, I will say, that can be a life or death uh, decision about uh, in doing a, a good user experience. That can be the life or death of your project. If you if you don't do it right, so if if you don't have a good user experience, of course you will want to improve your application to improve that user experience. However, you shouldn't do that without knowing some things from your user audience that helps you to take some decisions. And what I mean by that is that you shouldn't expect to continuously add new features or perform changes on your app if you are not really sure if that's what your users really want. So that is a problem because now you need a way to know what, what, what is what your users want. You know what I mean? Um, so actually there, there, there's a technique that you can use for this. Um, so in, in user experience research, there's a technique called A-B testing. Uh, The idea of of this technique is that you can run an experiment to measure and monitor how your users are using some new feature. And uh, once you have some data, you can use that to decide if a new feature is, is actually helping your business to achieve a goal before making it available for all, all other users. For example, uh, let's suppose that, that we want to update uh, our application with a new screen designed for, I don't know, like for searching products, for example. And uh, in, you can have a way to manage the feature uh, from your server or your API or an um, API, and uh, what you are going to do is that you will you will choose a population of your current users, like some amount of users, and you you will enable that new feature just to just to those users, and so you you will end up having users using different uh, variations. Of of your feature that uh, typically that that's called experiment groups, um, and uh, for example, we'll we'll be having uh, group A, which is using the existing user experience, and group B that will be using the the new user experience. So in both groups, you can collect data from certain events. Uh, perhaps how many clicks or searches on the screen are leading to users completing uh, a shipping order or, or if they canceled the, the shipping order or if they are paying with a credit card or all, all sorts of things. And um, so after a few weeks or months, depending on how much data you have collected, um you can run a statistical analysis um, to identify if there's a significant difference in increasing shipping orders fo- following our example. So if the experiment results are positive, you can call it a win and uh, and and now you 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 know that you can enable the feature to all your users because now there's some some data that is informing you that it is actually improving things so A/B testing uh, helps you to shape your mobile experience incrementally and uh, and because of that you can take informed decisions from real user data You, you are not doing changes randomly on your application expecting that something will work you are you are acting on different uh, designs and once you know if your users are liking it or if it's helping your users to to improve your um, your income or different things uh, now you know that you should use the new experience.
0: So, what would you say are some common strategies for driving new feature enhancements in mobile applications?
1: Okay, yeah, so that, that's a good question. Uh, so, following from from what you uh, what I just explained before, um, e- either if you are using A/B testing uh, for your for your user experience uh, improvements, or if you are developing just uh, an incremental change to your application. There's a there's a few strategies that we can use to to help with uh, to to make that new to make those improvements uh, smooth smoothly. So one way is uh, using feature flags, and uh, this is this is a strategy that relies on having. On having some system in place to allow enabling or or disabling a, f- a feature on demand from your own servers, um, for example, let let's suppose that you have implemented a new feature uh, in your application and, and and that and that has been already published to the Play Store or to the app Store. So your users will be getting the your application update on their phones but they will not see the new feature they they will not be able to use it Uh, in in, as a matter of fact they they will not even that that new feature exists in your application so what what you need to do is that once you publish your app you will you will need to enable that feature flag from your feature control system and uh, that way when your users download uh some system, uh, some system configuration the next time they open the application in their phones um the application will identify which of those features should be enabled or or probably disabled for that particular user so that that can help you uh to enable or disable things on demand for certain markets. Um, another strategy similar to the feature flags is, you, um, is using phased uh, a process called phase releases. And uh, this process means that when when you make some update to your applications on the stores, instead of of enabling the new, the new update to all your users at once, you can start rolling out the update in in stages. So this can help you to monitor uh, the app delivery and, and decide if you want to continue with a next rollout stage or or just stop and, pa- and to pause the release. Because in, in, I mean, in case you, your users are reporting errors or there is something happening that is preventing your uh, release to continue, so you, you can stop the release before completing so that you don't have many users affected. And, and, that's, what, and, and that's one of the goals of these strategies. Which is making your delib- making delivering features as smoothly as possible and and mitigate failure scenarios in, in the case they arise.
0: Now earlier you were talking about the differences and similarities that should exist between an iOS version and an Android version of the same app. but going beyond mobile platforms, what is your advice to ensure a cohesive experience between full feature applications and mobile applications?
1: yeah yeah I will say that's that that's very important i mean some some m- m- most of the times when you are building a mobile application you are not like starting a new project from scratch um uh, a- a- unless you are a-, a a new business line or a startup company but most of the times you you also are incorporating a mobile application into some existing uh, ecosystem of other systems that you already have that that can be web applications or APIs or all sort of all sort of different uh, systems and not that now you want to connect to a mobile application. So if if, if we're thinking about uh, about adding mobile application to those existing systems uh, I think we should consider first that phones can provide a more personal interaction and, and different capabilities than computers so rather than trying to um, rather than trying to emulate every feature from your existing uh, applications i think we should look into which features could benefit from a newer mobile experience and uh, and how can how we how we can help to empower users to perform some tasks from their phones even if they're offline um so there's actually uh, there are actually a few points that we can apply and First thing is uh, your mobile application should have a look and feel that resembles in some way your current application. And um, because this will allow your users to identify your brand and uh, existing features and business concepts that they are already familiar with in your other applications. So that that will help your users to become um, more comfortable using your mobile phone, uh, your mobile phone application. And so that's the first thing. Uh, Second thing would be to consider if you're transforming um, an existing user flow into a mobile experience, Um, if you're doing that, I think you should be you should be wary of changing the name of things, uh, because some users can become confused. For example, if 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 your applica- your existing web application um ha used to have an option I don't know like some some option to export a PDF file and your users are now expecting to use it on their mobile phone, but you happen to change that that option and and now it is called save file instead of export pdf. Uh, so that, that that can be confusing to users and some of the, your users will not even uh stop to think about if if that is the same the same option. So uh, as we talked earlier, uh, for, for this kind of things, we can use A-B testing because that, that can be helpful to decide whether or not to change this kind of things. And uh, and another thing to consider is that since you already have an application, uh, probably you already have some business logic in place so for your mobile application uh you should you should avoid replicating the same logic for your mobile app and instead you can expose an api to access that logic and then we can make we can make all the applications communicate to that api and yeah, I think that's that's some of the important things. And uh, well, la- last as a last as a last key key point, I think um, that it is also important to make uh, you that to make your users feel that this new application is part of your existing ecosystem so you should you should be planning on enabling features that will be that will allow your users to continue working from where they left off um so for example uh suppo- if we suppose that a user was creating uh let's say uh a shopping wish list on the computer, but then she had to run an errand. And then later on, she arrives at a coffee shop and uh, suddenly she just remembered that there's a special discount with her credit card. So she opens again the app in her phone, but the shopping list is not there because she started the shopping list in the computer. But now she wanted to continue the process in the mobile phone and uh, that also it, it could be worse maybe there's no way to pay with a credit card on the application so those kind of things should be considered when you are trying to connect a mobile application to your existing set of applications and features that your users are already familiar with
0: do you think every full feature application should have a mobile version? Um what are some of the unique advantages that they provide?
1: That's uh that's actually a good question. Um so there there are things that that should be considered in mo in mobile applications and some things that shouldn't be considered. So for example, on on mobile phones, uh mobile phones are in general um more affordable now than, I mean, if we, if we compare it to traditional computer, desktop computers and laptop computers, and they, they can be carried to almost every place. And you, you can bring your phone to almost uh, everywhere. And, uh, and, and, the, and the phone can offer a simpler uh, user experience than those found on bigger devices. Um, And um, because of that, I think mobile applications are are important for organizations because um, they they can result in new revenue sources for your business, either by becoming an extension of your existing systems, as we explained before, or by disrupting the market with with new features with new mobile experiences and um uh, and and I think this is possible because because mobile applications benefit from all the hardware available uh, on the device in, in particular the sensor censoring capability uh also the network infrastructure. Um, the ability to make phone calls camera and, and, and other hardware features so, so for example think if we think about ride sharing apps um, of course you could you could request a ride or a taxi using your computer however, using your phone has a more immediate access to your current location because it uses a mix of sensors and network data that, that, makes, the, that makes the ride sharing more successful because they, they can track you and your driver real time. I mean, they, they can identify exactly where the user is positioned and how, the, and how the driver is uh, getting near your location. So that, that's actually a, a, a really good use case for a mobile application. Um, also, also think about restaurants. You, you, can, you can have a meal and pay your order just by putting your phone near, uh, near a supporter terminal, and there's no need of using your credit card directly or to disclose private information so at least that can help also to to do some actions uh, become more secure for your users so mo- mobile applications provide uh, an opportunity for your organization to uh, to make your user lives easier and uh, and to have your business available at all times uh, think about this if If a user finds it that it is very easy to look for a product on your app or to request a service order for tomorrow, um, chances are that you will start having more sales and orders because now your users do not need to go to your facilities or to your offices at any specific time. I mean, they, they can do it everywhere. And uh, that that's a that's a really good advantage of using a mobile application. On, on the other side of things, uh, that there are times when a mobile uh, a mobile experience is not a very good idea. And uh, and we talked about this a bit earlier. But the important thing is that you should define your target users early on in your project if If you have an existing system and uh, and you are planning to make it a mobile application uh, as as I said before, you should first identify what is going to be your user base and or if your user base is using mobile phones at all, perhaps your user base consists of elder people. Uh, maybe some of them have disabilities or or maybe you are trying to enter a market where connectivity is somewhat limited. Uh, and uh, I would say you should be informed about all these details before developing any mobile application. Other, otherwise, you can run the risk of wasting resources on something that nobody is going to use. and And that would be very bad.
0: You mentioned earlier just how critical testing mobile applications is. Can you provide some actionable insights that can help our audience really get this right?
1: Yeah, of course. And so deploying a mobile application uh, is not a very fast process as, as we discussed because you need to upload your application to a store first and wait for that store to to review your application before it finally becomes public. And because of that, testing is very critical for mobile applications. Um, you will want to catch any bugs or regressions as early as possible before uploading to the store. Uh, in, in order to mitigate the chances of your app being rejected uh, because that that will just cause delay for your release and, of course, that will be extra work for your developers to fix. So I think some practices that can help to make testing easier are, for example, the um, first one will be um, preferring um, lots of unit tests to verify your code behavior. Uh, why? Well, unit tests are are very fast and uh, they can be run easily on on continuous integration services. And um, and another thing is that we you should try to break your application designs. Into into UI components that can be shared in different screens. Um, that way, developers can test the components' behavior too uh, in isolation from the whole application. Um, besides, besides those those tests, you can have automated functional tests for for testing complete user flows or features, but but this kind of this kinds of tests, I think they, they, this they, they should be kept to a minimum or or only for tests that you need to run at specific times. For example, maybe you want to you want to run uh, you want to test if your user login is working uh, two times a day or or just performing some other critical testing once uh every morning so those kind of tests are more, uh, are best suited for 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 functional tests um but everything besides that you should uh, prefer to do lots of unit tests because those will be faster to run and um uh, and another difference is that if you if you want to do only uh, functional tests for your user flows, typically these kind of tests need to run and uh, and install the application either on a on on a real phone or on a simulator, and and this is a slower process. Instead, if you if you only run unit tests. That, that can be run on any um, supported platform and, and that will be a faster process. Um, in addition to those kinds of tests, I think it's important to have a continuous integration server or or a cloud service for building and testing your app for each change that your developers are making. Um, these services can be can be integrated into your code review system uh, of choice through it, it, through webhooks or some configuration, and, and that can be used as a verification step before merging the code to your repository. So you can be confident that if some tests are failing, your team will be immediately aware of that problem and the code will not be merged until everything is fixed. So that that will help to reduce uh, bugs in your releases.
0: What would you say are the key differences between mobile application testing and web application testing?
1: Yeah, so uh, I, I mentioned earlier that mobile development is challenging because we need to target two different platforms, Android and iOS. And uh, well, this this affects testing too. Um, if if we look into web development, you can you can use some testing tools, and you can run your test on different browsers, but in the end, you're still using the same web platform. So you you are only building your testing infrastructure and, and your test only once, uh, that is different for mobile applications because, because you have to use different APIs and create tests for each platform. And uh, in some way, that means that that, means that you are duplicating tests because, because now you need to test the same functionality for each application. Uh, uh, so, if we suppose that you are developing for for both for Android and iOS, so uh, there, there are some ways that that can potentially help to avoid this problem, but but any non-standard form of testing has some disadvantages. Um, for example, if you if you use React Native for your application, you can target Android and iOS with, with the same code base. And, well, at least that's the idea. But now you will have to use the React Native testing tools. So these tools are not part of the mobile platform. So depending on how much functionality your app needs, and what you need to test, you can find yourself dealing with unsupported use cases or or with the problem of waiting for for the framework developers to incorporate some things that you need today. And um, and, and that can be a pro a problem and a bottleneck for your development team. Um, Another way is using cross-platform testing solutions. There are some 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 platforms like Apium uh, or other paid solutions, and uh, these tools are also outsiders to the mobile platform, and also they can be slower. They are more oriented to follow uh, more manual and slower QA processes and, and scripts so re- remember that what we are what we want is to make deploying our applications faster so you might want to think twice about introducing potential testing bottlenecks to your delivery process um, so i will say it's if, if possible and of course depending on, on how you are developing your project we should prefer to use um, uh, the the tools that are more closer to our our target platform for that, because that, that will also make things easier for your developers. Um, now now just to finish my point, um, creating tests is uh, for each platform is not really is not really bad from a development perspective. Uh, it, it is more important to have a good software architecture for your apps. Even, even because even the same architecture can be used used in both applications. Sometimes, um, probably the implementation details could be different, but the overall design of the architecture to to support your business will be the same. And, uh, and a good architecture can help more to improve testing in the long run, and developers will be able to create tests more quickly on each platform.
0: And after deployment, what are some strategies to mitigate failure scenarios or critical bugs once the app is released and live?
1: Yeah, um, well, if you've been following along uh, with this talk, um, you will recall that we mentioned a few things for driving new feature enhancements, and, uh, and, and those, uh, those strategies include using feature flags and phased releases. And uh, the, the, these strategies can help during the release process to catch errors while limiting the amount of affected users. Um, and uh, in the event of some critical failure in a new feature you could you, you could shoot down completely um, the feature control from your server and that can give that can give you precious time to start investigating the problem and help your developers to do some research before uh, releasing a, a, a bug fix. Um, in, a, in addition to that, um, I think it's a good idea to add some event logging and analytics to your app, because that way, once uh, once your app is released in the stores, if something is failing, develop, your developers will have some data to investigate why that particular error is happening. Um, so the, the, these are uh, these are all reactive uh, strategies but let, let's not forget that we we should strive to prevent errors in the first place uh, instead of reacting to them so we should take testing very seriously as i said before we should do automating automated testing and increasing increasing the code coverage of our project and define some code quality guidelines that your team should always follow because that that will also help to avoid failure scenarios and of course critical bugs.
0: Before I let you go, I have one last question for you. What qualities should business leaders look for in a mobile app developer?
1: Yeah, that's a a very good question. So uh, of course, besides general Um, software engineering skills that you should look for any software engineering role I think mobile developers should have uh, knowledge on on mobile user experience and mobile user interface Uh, we said before that user experience is very important for for mobile applications so I think it is not enough to know how to program an application and and of course I, w- we shouldn't expect them to be UX experts because that that's a whole area of expertise but but they should be at least at least they should be able to tell if a design doesn't look right for mobile and uh, they should be able to discuss some best practices and trade-offs with with the designers and UX researchers. And and I think this is especially valuable if you are developing your application for Android and iOS at the same time. Um, a second quality could be um, knowing about uh, knowing about some flagships. Flagship applications and current trends in mobile development. Um, we talk a bit about about uh, trends in in software development, uh, in particular for mobile. But and and this can be this knowledge can be helpful if you are open to experimentation on the technology stack, or if you are planning to build. Uh, variant of your existing services or existing uh systems so if you don't know exactly which technology stack will be better for your project uh, a mobile app developer that ha- that has experience with different uh mobile platforms that will be very valuable for your project um, and uh, well on a more on a more technical side I think uh testing is very important, as we just said during the length of this of this talk and a mobile developer should know to how to test code and use all the available tools uh testing tools in benefit of the project um the more I think the more a developer knows about different ways of testing uh, the more that will help you to streamline your release process um, because that will help to improve the quality and the confidence of your project another thing that i think is um, important is uh, some level of software architecture knowledge that that's also a good quality uh, to look for, since mobile applications are different from web applications. Um, developers should have the ability to identify all of those differences and and to break down some feature design into into different components that will make uh, further changes easier. Uh, of course that will depend on the on the specific role that your developer will have i mean depending if it's a more junior role a more senior or elite engineering role but uh, but in general knowing about good software design is a very valuable uh skill um and uh so finally the most important quality uh that i can think of for someone will be the willingness to keep learning new things Um, mobile development is is a very highly evolving space and um, and it is very likely that developers will need many different programming languages for for android and ios for for quite some time and, and, and as we said before, there's a lot of different uh, development tools that we can use for your mobile applications. So I think it's very important that someone is open to learn other things outside of their comfort zone if your project is going to need that. And yeah, I think that's, that's a very, uh, very important skill to look for.
0: Thank you so much, Paul, for being on the show and talking to us today.
1: Yeah, thank thank you. And uh, I'm very glad we have this talk and hopefully uh, this will help others when developing their mobile projects.
0: Thank you, Paul. And thank you to our audience for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and make sure to tune in again next month. If you would like to receive updates for future episodes, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or most of the major platforms. Each episode will also be posted on our website, tempo.dev.com and announced on social media at Tiempo Software on Twitter, and at Tiempo Development on LinkedIn and Facebook. You can also email us to podcasts at TiempoDev.com if you have any questions, comments, or you have a topic you would like us to cover next. Until the next one, I'm Perla Gomez, and you've been listening to Tempo Talks.